Hello, everyone. Randy and I are going to need a timer, so I'm going to start a timer here, right? Let's see. I'm just going to ask Randy a couple questions. This is Randy Weiss, a member of our community and a wonderful lover of God. And so I'm just going to ask him some questions, and we're just going to have a conversation in front of you for a little bit. Is that okay? Randy, can you tell me how you met Jesus? Well, it's kind of a funny story. I uh, graduated from high school as a gymnast and got offered scholarship money to Houston Baptist, which I immediately turned down because of religious stuff. <laughs> so I go to Arizona State, and I got on a team there as a walk-on, and here's like eight guys on the team, solid ex-Young Life dudes, love God, pursuing me, always talking to me about Jesus, inviting me places. You know, didn't always go, but I, I really liked these guys, and I didn't know why. Like, I, I don't know what it is about these guys. I really, really like them. <laughs> And, uh, and it was beyond that. It was like, I mean, I couldn't go anywhere. These Jesus people were coming out of the woodwork. I mean, there was a <laughs> campus crusade guy after me, an athletes in action guy <laughs> after me, some other people, and then these guys on the team. And uh, through many people laboring with me by halfway through my freshman year, I, I did believe on the Lord and mm -hmm. just fell in love with them. Mm -hmm. So could you walk me through what happened once that happened? How did how did things progress in your relationship with God after that? Uh, I'd have to say, well, I went from like zero to really, you know, totally passionate about it. Because, I mean, I didn't know anything. I didn't know the Bible. I, you know, I'd, you know, I'd open up my Bible and, you know, they turn to this. And I'd go, oh, alphabetical. Let's see, Ecclesiastes, <laughs> ABC. Dang it. No, not alphabetical. So you know, I had to put tabs in my Bible and stuff to... And, you know, but someone gave me a Bible. I started to read the Bible, and I read the whole New Testament in a, in a summer. And, uh, you know, I, I just, he just kept bringing me to deeper and deeper levels. Uh, he'd bring people into my life to let me know there's, there's more, there's more. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I listened, and I followed, because, I mean, I was just, I mean, I was so excited to find out, wow, God's really real. He's alive. He's, he's not just this thing in a book and, you know, religiosity, you yeah. know, so... Uh, you know, it was palatable for me, you know, and it's, and it, uh, you know, it drew me. Yeah. So if you were going to explain to me, if I was going to ask you, what's your experience of the Lord like these days? I thought a lot about that. I mean, I, I pondered it and pondered it and I, I wrote some things down. How could you think about that if we're just having a spontaneous conversation That's just it. Right here. I mean, I, I, I said, I said, well, I would say, and this is going to sound odd, I, I would say it's an odd mixture between casual and holiness or holy. Yeah. And it's like there's, there's this old song that, that talked about take me past the outer courts and, and through the holy pace past the crowds of people and the priests who sing their praise mm -hmm. take uh, you know take me into the holy of holies cleanse my lips here i am and i would say it's kind of like that because it's never the same i feel like he's sometimes i'll just go for a walk with them sometimes i'll go up to mount falcon and just hang out in this rocky rocky crag uh <laughs> that uh, i found that i can just climb down and no one knows i'm there and sometimes you know i'll just I actually grabbed out my guitar the other day and, and played guitar for and sang him a song for the first time in probably 15 years. And, uh, you know, so it's not, it's like breaking it up. You know, I feel like he's, I have a more of a hunger than ever. And I feel like it's kind of like a, a miner who has tapped in and found like a vein of gold. And you know there's more in them hills, you know. <laughs> you know there's this mother load. And so, I, you know, I've experienced it, but I, I know that I have this, 
feeling in my heart like there's there's always more there's deeper there's there's wider there's broader there's more intimate and uh I don't know. I, I, it's not that I've attained it all. I feel like I, I got a vein of it, and I know there's a mother load in there, and yeah. I'm just chipping into that mind, like, Lord, I, man, I just want more, you know. Um, but it's fresh and it's new. And some of the things you guys have been talking about over the last few weeks have been like, oh man, that's right. Just get quiet. Wow, what a novel thought. Do that again, especially for me, you know. Timer. Wow, four minutes and twenty-two seconds. <laughs> well, great. Well, thank you for having this conversation with me Amen. in front of everyone. For Randy. <laughs> Each of you guys should have been given a puzzle piece as you came in. Could you get that out and show it to everybody? If you didn't get it, you can, have, you can get it up here during when you come up for communion. Could you show it to your neighbor? Look at your puzzle piece. You can kind of try to guess what that might be. Okay. Thank you. There's a picture that each of us is made to see. We were born to see it, this vision. There's a longing in all of our hearts to gaze upon it, to see the entirety of it, and to bask in its beauty. In fact, the more we see of this picture, the more we want to see, and the bigger it gets. It will expand for all eternity. It will never get old. It will never be exhausted. You'll never want to look at anything else when you're looking at it. In fact, it has this, this ability to, as we look upon it, to transform us into that beauty that it is. And it will continue to do that for all eternity. The picture I'm talking about is Jesus. And we each have a small piece. The Lord's been given each of us a small piece of that, maybe many pieces. But it's not the whole thing. We can't see the whole picture just by the pieces that he's given us. He wants to give us many more, and we want all these pieces to be assembled. But for that to happen, all of us have to bring our pieces to each other and find the pieces in one another so that we can put them all on the table and make this beautiful picture. That's a picture of the church. We all know how a puzzle works, right? It's always going to be very frustrating if there's a few pieces that aren't there. Um, we've all done that before. I don't know if you've ever got a puzzle and you would get to that last piece and it's just not quite there. But so many of us, I think, have not ever gotten that close to it at all. Tim last week talked about silence and solitude. And that is such an integral, important part of our life with Jesus. Like I said before, there's, I, I've never met anyone who's gone really deep in the love of Jesus who doesn't have silence and solitude as part of their life. That is part of how we know him. But I want to put forth a possible reality to us today. We've been using the metaphor of the overflowing cup of wine. What if the Lord says, Charlie, I know you like silence and solitude and you're comfortable there, but I'm going to give you about 35% of what's available to know me in silence and solitude, in those things that you do alone in your room. And that's a wonderful thing, 35% of what's available to me in, in Christ. That's, it's huge. It's bigger than we can ever imagine. But what if the Lord says, but I want to give you so much more. And where the other parts lie is in the people around you. If you begin to mine the people around you, there it goes. <laughs> we need a refill on next service. <laughs> It's flowing out. See it? There you go. <laughs> there is an overflow available to us, but we can only find it 
both with our solitude and, and silence and with one another and in one another. If God says, I'll give you 350 pieces of the puzzle as you sit with me in silence and you listen for me and you get to know me intimately, but there's 650 more pieces. Is that the right math? Yeah. 650 more pieces in this thousand-piece puzzle that you need to mine from each other. There's people around you. I've hidden this, this, these pieces of me in the ones around me, in the ones around you, and in the community as a whole. Let's talk about Paul for a second. The Apostle Paul, I think we can all agree he was a fairly decent evangelist and church planter, right? There was very few churches, most of them in Judea, one in Antioch. Then Paul and Barnabas, then Paul and Silas, they went out and they started planting these communities all over the known Western world. And from those communities, the whole world found out the gospel. But what Paul was not known for is going around and leading individuals to the Lord and just kind of leaving them on their own to try to figure it out. He was very adamant. He wouldn't, find, he wouldn't consider a place evangelized until he had started a community there. And when that community started to know the Lord together, when they started to reveal him to the people around him, then he said, okay, this is good. I'm going to go to the next place, and I can do that. I can trust that. A couple times he got stoned or beaten and kicked out of the place, so he didn't get a choice on that. But the Lord still provided for this community to know the Lord and to grow in him together, to experience more of his heart, more of his personality, more of his love, more of his power, so that the area, the town, the city where they were would see there's someone in that midst who is not of this world. It doesn't make sense. It's because they were growing. It's because they were seeing. It's because that picture was being fulfilled. In the, the places that he planted, it wasn't about one personality. He didn't usually leave one person to go tell all these people all about Jesus. It was them coming together, learning together, growing together in him, all bringing forth their puzzle pieces to make this beautiful picture. So that Paul would one day pray in Ephesians. He said that God would give them the power, and this is a great picture of the church, together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you all may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What a picture of the church. We're just trying to figure out how deep this goes, how high his love is, how wide is it, how long is it. That's what we're here for, to find all this out, to bring our puzzle pieces of him together and say, oh my gosh, I had no idea. The way you just described that is never a way that I could do it with my personal experience and my personality. That's the way it works. He makes it like that on purpose so that we can know him together. So we have a problem in our English language and in our Western culture, um, and I don't know which came first, um, but we're very, very individualistic. And when we read the scriptures especially, Paul in particular, he's, always, he's almost always writing, when we read Romans and Ephesians and Colossians, these are written to a whole group of people. And we read them and we hear the word you because we don't have two words in English language. We don't have a word for you singular and you all. In the South, we have y'all. I'm from West Virginia and y'all is a good thing to use. We need it in our language. And because we don't have it, we see everything individually. So if I see Paul saying something to a whole group of people, you know, you're supposed to come to the fullness of God, I'm taking that as me, Charlie, supposed to come to the fullness of God. Or put on this full armor of God and all these different components, and I think, oh, this is all just for me. But he's talking to y'all. It's a community that's supposed to do these things. And because, as a result of that, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves because we're hearing you 
and automatically I'm hearing, me, Charlie, I have to do all this, when he's actually speaking to all of Platt Park Church, right? Does that make sense? And so I want to read you Colossians 1, uh, 25 through 2, 3. And I say NIV-ish because I'm going to actually say y'all to you all. Um, but I think it's really important and necessary. It, it's so important to me that I found out this one time, and then I, I decided when I was a monk that I was just going to rewrite the entire New Testament, and every time the Greek was a plural you, I was writing y'all or you guys in there so I could read it the way it was actually written. We're missing a lot in English, sadly, because of that. So I'm going to read this to you that way um, from Colossians. And this is Paul talking to this whole group of people. And anytime you read um, one of these Colossians, Romans, any that's written to a whole group of people, just kind of think of it as, hey, Platt Park Church. I, Paul, have become the church's servant by the commission God gave me to present to y'all the word of God in all its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now is disclosed to the saints. When you hear the word mystery as we talk today, just think of that puzzle that we have pieces of but don't see the whole thing. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in y'all, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. There's a lot here that I'm skipping. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. I want y'all to know how much I'm struggling for y'all and for all those in Laodicea and for those who have not met me personally. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches, the whole picture of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In that picture, Everything you're seeking for, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge that we think we can find other places, it all exists there. But until we see the whole picture, sometimes we don't get all of that. Uh, the message is super fun, just to see how it says things. And I think uh, Eugene Peterson does such a great job with this one as well. I'm going to read just that last part, verses 2 and 3. I want y'all, and this is another a beautiful picture of the church, what we're doing, woven into a tapestry of love in touch with everything there is to know of God. Then y'all will have minds confident and at rest, focused on Christ, God's great mystery, the whole picture. All the richest treasures of wisdom and knowledge are embedded in that mystery and nowhere else. And we've been shown that mystery. And we've been shown it together, but not, all, not each of us individually. It's us together when we're shown the mystery. There's a mystery hidden in this community. And that mystery is Christ in himself. And when I say here, and I say Platt Park Church, there's a mystery hidden at Platt Park Church. And I think we're always very adamant to say Platt Park Church is not this building or this organization. It's you and us. It's the people. The people of Platt Park Church. There's a mystery that's been hidden here. And it's not only hidden to those outside of it. I don't want us just to see this as there's this mystery that people that are outside the walls of our church don't understand it, but we do. Some of that's true. But there's also a mystery here that we haven't gotten fully yet, that we want to come together. We want to bring our pieces to the table to show one another so we can see this beautiful picture that we were born to see. How many of you guys know about Charlie the church mouse? 
Okay. <laughs> What's happening in our church over the past three or four weeks? Um, Susie wrote a children's book called the, House, the Church with the Blue Door. And Randy was actually the one who illustrated that. And Randy put little, a little mouse in a lot of the pictures. And so it's really fun to read with your kid to find, see if you can find the little mouse. So along that same lines, we started hiding a little stuffed mouse around this church. And if a kid finds it, they can go up to Tim or Susie and, s- and tell them where they found it. And Tim and Susie will give them a token, and they can go in the parlor and use that token for a little plastic toy. Kids are going nuts over this thing. They get here early, and they just start scouring the place, looking for this. Susie showed me the place she hid it the first day, and I'm like, no one's ever going to find this. I would have never found this mouse. But sure enough, at the end of the day, how many people found it? A lot of kids found it. <laughs> um, but you should see, like, they get real intense about this, and they're not leaving until they find this mouse. It's probably causing some problems as far as people getting home on Sunday mornings. But what would it look like if we at Platt Park Church got a hold of this concept that the full riches and complete understanding, the mystery of God, which is Christ himself, is hidden amongst us as a community? What if we started to go on that hunt together? That we would seek him in times of solitude and silence and bring those pieces of the puzzle that he's given us to everyone else. That we would begin to mine each other for those pieces of Christ that they have. And that they begin to help me realize that I'm bringing pieces that I don't even know anything about, that I'm carrying. What a prize for us to see the fuller, the more vibrant, the bigger, the more astoundingly beautiful picture of Christ in us, the hope of glory in its fullness, in a way that we can't know it alone. To watch the picture of him form more and more clearly as the more and more pieces are added to the puzzle. And as more people come, more pieces get added. Um, It's a dynamic picture. When Randa and I had our conversation earlier, what if more was going on than just two guys just talking? What if there were pieces of a greater picture being pulled out? And little conversations like that, it's all it takes. It's not something super, super nebulous or complicated. It's just talking sometimes. It's just showing people love. Um, if, if I received a piece that he's showing me and I reciprocate and receive a piece of him, we leave and see a little bit more of that picture that we're longing to see all the time. That's what the church is. And I'm not just talking about the subject matter, like you always have to bring up this conversation of how you know Jesus or anything like that in the midst of a football game or something like that. It's I can experience a piece of Jesus when Susie has me over and cooks extravagantly for me, and I, I, I can receive that piece of the extravagant love and pursuit of the Lord. Or when Randy and Lana, I see them in that, I've talked to them and they listen to me. I can receive the patience and the kindness of the Lord in them. It doesn't have to be a specific conversation. It can be I can receive Jesus if I begin to look for it. If if my mindset changes and when I move around someone, I just begin to look and seek for the Christ in them. And I begin to try just to reveal the Christ in me, whether that be through words, deeds, actions, or just a look or a listening ear. However, if I am a believer, sometimes if we have this longing if I've said yes to the Lord and you've said yes to the Lord and the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, there is a longing inside of us to go deeper and to start looking at this more, more directly. So if that's the case, I, I'm, I hope I'm willing to be the guy who will break that ice and just ask the deeper question, what's your experience of God right now? It's a pretty easy question, and that can somehow bring us deeper and let's pull our pieces out and show each other.
right? Proverbs 25.2. I love this verse. It says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. Just think of that for a second. Maybe the Lord has hidden this wonderful mystery amongst us. He's given us all pieces that when we come together and share our pieces, we see the beautiful picture. It says it's, it's the glory of God to conceal that. But to search out that matter is this noble, wonderful quest of kings. And if we at Platte Park Church, we can take that quest and decide, hey, let's go after this. It's the glory of a, it's the glory of a king to search out a matter like this. So real practically, if this is all true, what, what can I bring to the table here at Platte Park Church and in whatever community I'm a part of? I think one, a commitment to seek him on my own and to develop the places that he wants to give me, uh, my own intimate knowledge of him. That's a commitment not just to myself, but it's a commitment to all of us. If we're all kind of responsible for our own pieces, then I want to do what Tim was talking about last week in trying to develop those pieces of intimacy that I can bring with, with me to, to the whole community. Two, to make an effort to reveal my pieces in, in my words, in my actions, in my deeds, and to love those around me. That's how I show my pieces. Sometimes it's through saying something. Sometimes it's through hospitality. Sometimes it's through bringing a meal. Sometimes it's simply by showing up and being present. And then three, to seek out the treasure in Christ, in those around me, and in us together. When you're with somebody, when you're with your small group, or just at a soup and sing, or Platte Park at Platte Park, just change my mindset. It might not change my behavior at all, but change my mindset. I want to find the Christ in you, and I want to call that out in you. You ever heard the term, if you, if you speak to the junk in someone, the junk will rise up. If you speak to the Christ in someone, the Christ rises up. That's what we're talking about. It's just pretty simple. Um, we want the whole picture. We were made for it. We long to be transformed into his image. And we want more and more and more of him, as much as he's willing to give us here at Platte Park. And as we leave today, I want you, if you don't have a puzzle piece, I want you to grab one. But just take the puzzle piece, put it in your pocket in the morning, put it on your dashboard, just somewhere where you'll see it every day. And just to remind you of all of our role in revealing the wonderful hidden mystery of Christ amongst us. Let's pray. Lord God, give us all of yourself, at least all that we can handle. Lord, we ask you to reveal yourself among us as we mine the treasure of you. Give us the fervor and motivation that these kids have as they seek out Charlie the church mouse in our efforts to see more of you together. May it result in all around us in the Denver area knowing that God is in this place, among this people, and that he is full of love and acceptance and is excitedly awaiting them. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen.